Our guest today was severely beaten by police on January 6, 2021, at the U.S. Capitol. Hear her story on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and the Deep State and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is Episode 357 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman And I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid in the the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron, and we really appreciate all of our patrons. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. And make sure you check out our new conservative sports podcast, Red Pill Sports, with my friend Donnie Copeland, which drops Tuesday evenings at 11 p.m. Central. Now, there's a lot of talk going on right now about video from the January 6, 2021 protests at the U.S. Capitol. Tucker Carlson showed some video last night on his show on Fox News Channel. He proved that a lot of Democrats and Republicans in Congress have been lying about what happened. He plans to show more tonight, Tuesday. There seems to be a complete media blackout, not only in the mainstream media, but also on regular Fox News. Tucker's story on January 6th video footage is a bombshell. And yet, I watched an hour of America's Newsroom with Dana Perino and Bill Hemmer on Fox News. They didn't mention it. I saw no mention on Fox and Friends either. But as good and important as Tucker's reporting was on Monday evening, There's also video that came out back in December of D.C. Metro Police beating innocent Trump supporters in a tunnel on what's called the Western Terrace part of the Capitol. Attorney Joseph McBride characterized it this way. He said Victoria White was pushed into the tunnel. She was then brutally beaten by Officer Whiteshirt, dozens of baton blows, punched in the face five times, a defenseless woman. She's pulverized for wearing a Trump hat. Thank you, Julie Kelly, for speaking truth to power. Now, Julie Kelly is the great reporter over at American Greatness, whom I have interviewed before. She's been doing such a great job reporting on January 6th, almost since it happened. I hope Tucker Carlson will show some of this footage this evening when he airs part two on his report on the January 6th videos. Having said all that, it is an honor to welcome our guest today, 
Victoria White. Ms. White, I know it can be very difficult for you to talk about what happened to you that day. I want to thank you for coming on the Doc Washburn Show. How, how are you doing today? Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, and it's a roller coaster of emotions, um, especially after the Tucker videos. Was that, did, did, did the Tucker videos last night on Fox News Channel, was that kind of like a, a flashback for you? Um, not the ones he showed last night. Um, no, it's, it's more of a, um, feeling of, you know, hoping that, uh, that all the information gets out, I guess. And just, uh, kind of those feelings of, was it good? Did it help get, you know, bring people to, to understand what really happened? I, and, and I guess I could better explain my feelings by, you know, uh, a lot of the um, uh, MSM, uh, you know, liberal media um, responded to Tucker's um, uh, segment last night by mess- by writing articles that say, you know, oh, he only showed those things, but not the violence. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't addressed. And who started the violence really needs to be addressed. Absolutely, and I'm sure you're sitting here thinking, like, you mean the violence they did against me, mainstream media? Is, is that what you're talking about? Because probably not. You know, to prepare for this interview, I went back and reread some of Julie Kelly's terrific reporting over at American Greatness, specifically her article entitled, January 6th Police Beating Victim Speaks, saying I could have died. Um Ms. White, can we can we start today's interview with you telling my listeners a little bit about yourself and how you decided to uh, travel to our nation's capital for the for the Trump rally on January sixth, twenty twenty one? Sure. So, um, you were, I think, a, a resident of of Minnesota and um, uh, a divorced mom with uh, four teenage girls and and. And if I understand correctly, so how did you decide to uh, to go to the rally? Um, I'm just a, a single mom. I'm not a divorced mom. Uh, just uh, it was a last minute thing. A friend of mine had offered, um, said, "Hey, why don't we all go to the Trump rally?" And we're like, "Okay, why not?" And so. We, the next day, um, you know, that night we had gotten stuff ready, and then the next day we all just uh, hopped in a car and drove to D.C. Sound, sounded like fun. Had you ever been to Washington, D.C. before? No. Wow. So probably never seen a president up close either, for that for that matter. Um, um, I, I, I went to two Trump rallies, so. Oh, okay. All right. So you guys drive from, um, Ro- I guess, Rochester, Minnesota area, all the way to Washington, D.C., a, a long drive. Um, and you get to the, the Trump rally pretty early. What, what happened when you got to the, the ellipse there uh, next to the White House, the, the site of the Trump rally? Sure. Um, that was probably the best uh, memory that um, – I've ever had, like, could ever have. It was beautiful that day. 
it was cold, but it was beautiful in the sense that after being locked down um, from the quote unquote um, COVID uh, lockdowns, it was nice to get out and to be around other people who, um, you know, love freedom like we do and love Trump like we do and, you know, my friends and I. And um, we not only, um, you know, we're soaking all that in, but we actually got to, we were told in advance that we could, you know, possibly get VIP. So we came prepared in the sense that we barely had anything but our coats and our IDs, um, the money, and our phones. Um, and we did go through um, the security checkpoint, and we were directly behind the VIP section. And I remember, and I'll never forget, um, it was so amazing, like that sight of, of all the people that even the VIP, um, people who were sitting in VIP were turned around uh, looking behind them just filming and taking pictures and it was it was a really beautiful thing how about the speech it's president trump do a good job oh yeah <laughs> always yes <laughs> well he tends to he tends to i mean he's he's kind of like born for that that's that's uh one of the things he's, he's really good at so you're there for several hours um before the speech i guess he's kind of talking and making friends with folks and then uh, uh, a great speech. Um, a lot of people don't realize, I guess, that there were several. Were there there's several other people that that spoke before President Trump spoke? Oh yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, it was great to see Donald Trump Jr. and um, it. Uh, there were a bunch of other people that spoke, and um, it, it was just it was it was amazing. Yeah. Excellent. So. I'm thinking by the time the speech is over, this is somewhere around 1 o'clock in the afternoon or so, um, were you and the people with you thinking, okay, we we got to find a, a Subway or a McDonald's or something, getting kind of hungry, uh, thinking about lunch or thinking, oh, wait a minute, he said let's everybody go over to the Capitol? Uh, we were definitely hungry, but we uh, wanted to go maybe even see Trump up close. So we went to head toward the Capitol. Yeah, because he did say something at one point about we, and then apparently for whatever reason the Secret Service uh, overruled him, so he didn't wind up going to the Capitol. Um, so what was it about a half-hour walk maybe from the Ellipse to the, the Capitol? I honestly don't know because my friend wore really high, high heeled, pretty boots. Um, so she was very slow walking yeah. and we were some of the last people to leave the ellipse area. Oh, okay. And it probably takes longer too, if there's such a massive crowd, um, there are estimates that hundreds of thousands of people heard his speech, maybe even a million people. So, uh, I'm not sure how many, you know, uh, of them, headed to the Capitol, but it's you're slowed down if, if you're just packed in like sardines of people headed from one direction to the other. So when you get to the Capitol, what what was that like? What, what did you see? Um, well, uh, one of my friends and I had got separated from the, uh, our, our other group because we ran ahead to see, you know, we heard something was going on. 
and um, we weren't sure good or bad. Uh, but when we got there, we just saw tons of people. We didn't see any signs. And even on the way up there, police had blocked the side streets, but they weren't blocking that main street that led to the Capitol. There was no um, no announcement or anything over our phones to say that, you know, don't go any further. So it was just people, and they were singing, and there were flags, and that was it. There was no signs, no nothing that seemed to be bad. And so after the, uh, the, the Trump rally, you're headed to the Capitol. It's January 6th, so it's going to be cold, at least the sun's shining, and not nearly as cold maybe as it was when you got to the uh, the rally early that morning. So so when you get closer to the Capitol, uh, did you see anything unusual going on? Nope, not from, uh, it wasn't until later that I did, but so nothing, no. I think um, I saw something in the, uh, the Julie Kelly article. She was saying that you noticed the scaffolding over to the left of the Capitol, which yep. apparently had been set up to get ready for the Biden inauguration two weeks later. And you had a relative in construction, and you've seen scaffolding before, and you were getting kind of concerned because – there are so many people on the scaffolding, and you're thinking that's not designed for that. So you try to get away from that. Correct. Yep. It, it looks like two by four, or not two by four, like plywood. Um, and there was just a bunch of people trying to climb on it. I yelled, "Get down!" And it just did not look safe, and no one was listening to me. So, yeah, we, my friend and I, I'm like, "No, we need to move. This is going to fall." Wow. Okay. So. I've seen video of a guy named Ray Epps who is yelling, everybody, we got to get into the Capitol. I've also seen, also seen video of a guy who at some point, maybe not when you were right there, but at some point was on the scaffolding with a bullhorn uh, instructing people to get into the Capitol. Was that going on when you happened to be in that general area? Um, I think that was the like um, a different scaffolding. Like That was a, um, from the videos that I've seen. Yeah, uh, it was like a media tower okay. in the center. Like the scaffolding that I'm referring to was like off to the left of that media tower. So I don't, I don't know if that guy was saying that stuff. I didn't hear him. Right. Well, it's a big area, and there are many thousands of people. Um. So at some point, uh, I, I guess. If you had to relive that day, you you would, you know, try to undo this. But at some point, you wind up down towards the the tunnel uh, of the Western Terrace, which is where all the bad things started to happen. Um, how how did you wind up over there? Um. So after our, my friend and I were like, get, we're going to get away from the scaffolding because you know we didn't want it to fall on us. Right. Uh, we happen to see uh, people going in uh, uh, this like enclosed uh, stairway to go up to an uh, uh, area that like uh, a terrace. So we were like, oh, maybe we can just go up there. That looks safer. And um, then we can see everybody. Um, 
So we, it's a really narrow staircase and there was a line of people that had stopped and someone was coming down. So we waited and my friend started to look at her phone and I go, the line begins to move. I follow the line and go up and I realize my friend's back down um, below and I yelled for her, but she didn't hear me, but the crowd's all coming up still and like pushing. So, well, not pushing, but you know, it's a tight space. So I'm like, I'll move out of the way and she'll be up shortly. And then that's when I hear um, people screaming like Antifa, Antifa. Um, And I see a man attempting to break out the Capitol window. Wow. So, what, what do you do when you see somebody trying to uh, break a window in the Capitol? Uh, so it was out on this terrace, and um, and I'm like, I immediately thought, oh, my gosh, like, we don't do that. And um, I wondered to myself, like, why is everyone just yelling and no one's trying to stop him? So I immediately just thought, like, I just didn't give it a second thought. I ran to stop this man. And right before I get to him, some guy begins to pull him down, but then other guys pull him off and I happen to make it there right at that second. And then I pull him the rest of the way down and I'm like yelling, get him out of here. We don't do this. And people are, other people are like screaming back, like, no, we're on the same team. I'm like, no, we're not. And then as that's going on, uh, a woman helps another man who in, because this was all caught on video, um, is seen in the video um, digging in his backpack to get another uh, weapon just like that other guy had. Um, And he's pulled up behind me, and I go to turn around, and they're like, she's like, no, he's not going to do anything. And then I go to turn back the the opposite way, and then he begins to try to break out the window. So I turn, and as I turn and I go to grab him, uh, these group of men pull grab me and go to pull me away but I managed to get one hand free and I latch onto his backpack and I yank him down and then I kind of got scared and then uh, after that because guys come up and they're like throw blank like throw her in the window and get her out of here so yeah I look to go to the next level wow and I thought yeah. So at this point, you're thinking, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Some of these folks who are pretending to be Trump supporters clearly are not Trump supporters. Correct. Wow. And also at this point, you're thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm a female. I'm outnumbered. So you start to head in a different direction. Correct. Exactly. And so is that how you wound up at the um, the area they call the tunnel? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, I at first just thought that the the archway, which is to the tunnel, was just uh, another stair- enclosed staircase to go up to the next level because there's another open-top terrace up there. Um, and at uh, some point, like, I go to step down to hand someone a water bottle, and I'm, like, instantly squished. And it's like I've never been in a mosh pit or to concerts that have one, but I would assume it's something like that. Like you can't, you can't, you can't get out. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I've, uh, 
I've never been in a mosh pit either. I guess I'm you know, telling my age here. I'm sure I'm a lot older than you, but um, so suddenly you're trapped, in other words. Yes. Coming up, our guest, Victoria White, tells us how things got very violent very quickly at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021. All right, let me say this. If you've tried to buy a car recently, you realize you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Auto comes in. Red River Auto is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, the way you want to, online, and have it delivered to your front door, no matter where you live. Red River Auto wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. Red River Auto Group has perfected the online buying process. Just go to redriverauto.com and pick from hundreds of new and used vehicles. You can purchase your vehicle online. If you have any questions, one of Red River's trained experts will help you through the whole process. Red River Auto makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental U.S., redriverauto.com. You will be glad you did. All right, always an honor to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare, let me tell you how this works. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness or vertigo? What about problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines? Well, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas, that C1 bone, to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it is designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. I had bad migraines year-round. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, the migraines went away, and they've never come back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, fibromyalgia, eczema, psoriasis, even migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas, just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab, it says, find a doctor near you, and I sure hope you can. 
Now, as you probably know by now, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best night's sleep of their life and to make it even better. He's recently come out with a new MyPillow 2.0 with a brand-new temperature-regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. MyPillow 2.0 has new fabric which dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow 2.0 has this new fabric technology which helps you regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. You know, your core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. MyPillow 2.0 is developed to provide a cool surface, and it's engineered for comfort. Because it's a fiber, not a finish, it'll last the life of the fabric. MyPillow 2.0 is available in four loft levels. It's machine washable and dryable. There's a 10-year warranty on it and a 60-day money-back guarantee. And, of course, it's made in the USA. As a special introductory offer, MyPillow, Mike Lindell, is offering MyPillow 2.0 two-for-one to my listeners simply by using the promo code DWS. The wonderful Giza Dreams sheets are now also available on a two-for-one offer simply by using the promo code DWS. Also, my slippers moccasins. I'm wearing them right now. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. Right now, save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins. Marked down to just $49.98 simply by using promo code DWS. Now, remember, that promo code does not stand for washed-up Democrat politician Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com, where Mike sells all kinds of stuff. Quantities are extremely limited at these amazing prices, so please order now. Just use promo code DWS for MyPillow 2.0 and all the other wonderful products that Mike has on sale. We now continue our conversation with our guest today, Victoria White about January 6, 2021, at the U.S. Capitol. I know you went through some very traumatic experiences, and you're very brave to to do interviews with me, with people like Julie Kelly, and, and, and we really appreciate you, you doing that. I, As I think I've mentioned, I've, I've seen video of what happened in the tunnel, and your attorney, Joseph McBride, commenting on it. Um. How, so I guess you got kind of pushed into the tunnel? Yeah, the crowd was pushing in, and unbeknownst to me, the the police are in there, and they're pushing back. So it's just, um, I end up, like, I'm just trying to keep myself up and not be trampled. And the crowd pushed in, and then I am right up next to the the um, police. Wow. So was that when they started hitting you? 
uh, that uh, first came the mace, and then uh, from like some guy or officer or something on the ledge, and then like immediately after came the baton blow to the head, which then like I guess I kind of blacked out because like uh, it, it, it brought flashback like uh, situation because uh, I was in a domestically severely abusive relationship for like 10 years. Uh, so I, I think it was like, uh, you know, my, you know, God allowing me to, 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 uh, to survive and not, you know, um, remember like. You're able somehow about the grace of God to sometimes black out really horrific things that have happened in your life. Not like consciously blackout, but it just happens. I think my body just, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry for, for what you went through. I, I saw, I guess it was in one of the Julie Kelly articles where you said you thought you had only been hit like three times and you were horrified and shocked when you finally saw the video and was like, Oh my goodness. No, it was a lot worse than that. You know, and one of these people was wearing a white shirt, which which denotes that he was some kind of a police supervisor. Did any of these people at any point say anything to you like, you're not supposed to be here, this is why we're hitting you, or how dare you come into this tunnel, or anything, or was it just wordless violence? Um, from what I can remember, the one thing I... I I, I do remember is like at some point after like being hit or something like uh, or I looked at an officer and I said like he took an oath to the constitution and he just called me the B word and then hit me hard on the head. Uh, that was about, you know, the, the just of any words that I can recall. You know, it really troubles me. When I see members of Congress uh, give awards to the police for how they uh, behaved that day, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were some police that didn't do this kind of thing, you know, because uh, I'm sure there were a lot of police out, out there, not just Capitol Police. But I think the, the, the police apparently that were beating on you were not Capitol Police. They were like D.C. Metro cops, right? I do believe them, um, from my understanding, the majority of officers in the tunnel were um, D.C. Metro Police. I, I was able, by the publicly available video, to, uh, you know, because they won't let me see my discovery, uh, I was able to slow down the video and uh, uh, realize that they have numbers on their helmets that the police were wearing, and I was able to identify the, it was a lieutenant at the time that had beat me, Lieutenant Jason Bagshaw. Um, he's now been promoted to captain. Oh, my and goodness. And is well known uh, as a, a very violent police officer. Even BLM and Antifa uh, have, you know, complained about his um, uh, excessive force. Um, and he just recently shot and killed a man in January, I mean, in July of twenty. 22 while he was off duty um, and they didn't even test him to see if he had been drinking or anything like that. Oh my goodness. 
So you were one of a number of people that were trapped in that tunnel and were subject to uh, police violence. I don't know any other way to put it. Um, Roseanne Boyland, who died that day, was, was pretty close to you. Uh, there are a lot of Trump supporters who go on social media and say, look, uh, no police officers were killed that day. There's only one person that was killed that day, and that was Ashley Babbitt. And when I see that, sometimes I'll respond, well, Ashley Babbitt sure was murdered that day, but there were three other Trump supporters at least who were killed that day. And most Trump supporters on social media have mm-hmm. no idea that there are other people who died that day. Did you see Roseanne Boyland? Do you have any memory of, of what happened to her? Um, no, Roseanne Boyland, uh, she must have came up like to like within that tunnel uh, space, like almost exactly where she died was almost feet like from where I was being beaten. Um, and that happened uh, only minutes like that, you know, she ended up coming up there uh, only minutes after they, the police had taken me after they beat me and they took me inside into the Capitol. Um, and uh, you're correct. It was um, Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, Benjamin Phillips, and um, Kevin Greeson. Uh, Kevin Greeson. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Cause uh, Benjamin Phillips and Kevin Greeson were the, the ones that when the, um, the police started shooting flashbang grenades and tear uh, gas canisters. I think uh, um, those were the things that hit those two gentlemen uh, hard enough to make them have heart attacks and and die. Um, so I, do you have any idea how long you were trapped in the terrace? Because I was going to ask you, I mean, it trapped in the, the, the terrace tunnel there. I was going to ask you how, you how you got out, and, and you're saying they actually eventually took you inside the Capitol, but... Do you have any idea how, how long you were trapped in that tunnel? Uh, from my understanding uh, is that the beating lasts for four minutes. Mm. Uh, and then they had like ping ponged me uh, back into the, and took me in, inside into the uh, tunnel. I mean, into the Capitol. Yeah. So the whole, um, the whole situation, after such a, a wonderful time of the Trump rally, this whole situation had to be extremely disorienting. And and then when they're actually when they actually stop uh, hitting you with their fists and and with uh, batons, and then they take you inside the Capitol building, at this point you have to be wondering what on earth is going on here. Yeah, I. I just, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, most definitely I was just scared, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I mean, most people within the sound of our voices, and, and, and certainly speaking for myself, I don't know how many um, blows to the head I could take and, and live through it. To what do you attribute the fact that you are still with us? Um, a, a, a million percent. It's a miracle of God. I honestly, I, I should have died that day. Um, but 
I truly wholly believe that God allowed me to live that from he allowed me to live that day um, and to speak up and to uh, be a voice for J6ers and, and um, the political prisoners and for um, Ashley Babbitt and Roseanne Boylan and Kevin Greason and Benjamin Phillips and um, to speak the truth. Um, uh, a lot of times I feel guilty and I wish that I could have been the only one that died that day. I would have um, and so would take all of the places of all those who died um, that day and the seven who've taken their lives since that day um, as J6ers. Yes, ma'am. Well, it is a wonderful thing that you're giving credit where it's due because clearly, obviously, only God could have made a way, could have sustained you through this vicious uh, attack. So, you know, praise God from whom all blessings flow that you are still with us. So they eventually take you into the Capitol building, and and then what happens? Um, so uh, also, too, um, like when they were, uh, you know, like pushing me back toward the the while I was in the tunnel, my shoes had came off and my coat had came off. Uh, so I, uh, was stocking footed. Um, and when they brought me in, they never read me my rights. They never said I was under arrest. They never said I did anything wrong. Um, and I noticed right away that the beautiful floor was all like stopping wet. Um, they had me look at a wall, um, in this really pretty area with like these statues uh, and they like kind of walked me down some hallways and then, uh, they, uh, they had brought me back into that place and again, just uh, had me look at the wall. And then at some point, like they, one officer, um, because they switched officers a lot on me. Uh, one officer had, uh, turned me toward another officer that was wearing like a bright yellow green color. And that officer took a picture of me. And then the officer that turned me around turned me back toward the wall. And then out of from, from my left, I noticed that uh, uh, there was at least like nine other people, maybe ten, uh, that were brought in. And they each had their own police officer. But they must not have come in the, the, the way that, that I was brought in. Um, because they didn't look like they were beat like I was, and they didn't look like they were, like, maced like I was. Um, and they had all their belongings um, in these big, clear garbage bags. Wow. Um, and then, yeah. So here you are, I guess, hoping they don't start hitting you again, even though you're in the Capitol building. Now, did, did I, I don't know that I would have had the presence of mind to say or or, or, or do much, but did it occur to you at some point to ask these officers what's going on? Mm, no, I was just too scared to say anything. And uh, just like, um, just didn't want to make, you know, myself a, a target. 
anymore. Um, oh, yeah, right. Oh, so. I don't blame you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm i right there with you. That, that makes perfect sense to me. So you're in the Capitol building for a little while, and then do they take you to a police station? Um. Well, they march all of us around, um, and they keep, like, talking on their radios or something, like, you know, they, there's no way for us to come out. Um, and then eventually they uh, take us down and out through this tunnel um, where there's like a little cart, like a train tracks, but it's a little train track. And at the end, the, the box car is like uh, maybe holds four people. And then there's like a paddy wagon thing out there. And then they... They do take us to a police station, um, and it's not normal booking. Like I've always said, like I've, uh, I do have a criminal history. Uh, like you know, years ago, uh, I had DUIs and things, so you know, I'm familiar with the booking process. And they, it wasn't anything like that. They didn't take my my mugshot. They didn't fingerprint me. They didn't ask me normal questions. Basically, like what's my name, my address, my social security number. And while they're doing this, and a female officer finally cuts the zip tie off of my wrist because it had, uh, I think it was like 4 o'clock or 4 something that they had taken me into the Capitol and zip tied me, and this was like 6 something at night. And I go to put my hair out of, that had been in my face this whole time, out of out of my face. And then I look at my hand and I'm like bleeding. I, I had no idea. Um, it 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 was just. And then she hands me a tissue and then more blood and then uh, then they're like, oh well, you can go to the medical. And then when I'm in medical, me and this the only other lady that was with us that you know. Uh, people that were detained with me, or I don't even know if you would call that because, they, again, they did not read me my rights. They never said I was under arrest or that I did anything wrong. Um, they handcuffed me to this bench, and then an officer comes in and is like, a female officer is like, you guys are probably going to be released. Then her and I look at each other like, oh, uh, we don't need to see the doctor. We're fine because, you know, we don't want to take the chance that we're going to end up locked up if we see the doctor. And then immediately, like, after that, uh, an officer comes in straight to me, this different female officer, and she has a clipboard and a piece of paper. It's like, sign this. And I, you know, signed it. I didn't even read it. And put my Social Security number, because it said, you know, Social Security number. And then they released me out back. So at this point, I guess, you, even though your, your, your face is bleeding, your head is bleeding, you don't want to, you don't want to getting medical attention because you're thinking how quickly can I get out of this jail? Yeah, because I was scared. Uh, it was kind of felt like, you know, she came in there and said that oh we'll be released soon. Like if we see medical, uh, are we taking the chance that we're just going to be locked up? So exactly. Yeah. Which. You know, in, a, in a, an entirely different context may not make sense, but it didn't make sense that police had just been beating on you a little bit earlier that day. So, you know, it's self-preservation kicking in, right? Right. 
So it's winter time. It's January. You've lost your coat. You've lost your shoes. And they're getting ready to put you outdoors. And your your cell phone and your purse with your money were in the in the coat. And they're just getting ready to say, okay, well, you can go now and uh, get out of here. Um, that doesn't sound like much fun in the bitter cold of Washington, D.C. We're not talking about Miami in January. You're talking about D.C. in January. So so what happens then? Um, so they do just that. They have me go out this back door, and outside is another officer, a male one this time, and he has a clipboard, same type of paper. I sign it, same type of thing, and I ask him, I'm like, uh, I have no shoes, I'm freezing, I have no coat, uh, and he's like, well... I think what he did was a nice gesture. He's like, well, I have something. He was like, uh, if you want it, it's cut. It looks like a, um, he described it as a, um, like asbestos type suit, but it's really, really thin plastic. Yeah. So it has like, you know, if you have, it has stuff for your feet. So it kind of looks like garbage bags on my feet, but it was part of the suit. And then it zips up and it has a little hood. Um, and then there was a guy who had been released, a young kid, and I asked him if I could use his phone because, um, so, and he's like, yeah, but unfortunately we don't memorize numbers like we used to. Oh, right. So yeah. The only number, yeah. So the only number I, I could remember was my mom's cell phone back in Minnesota. Um, so I had to call her to get a, a hold of my friends to be able to come pick me up. Well, thank God at least you remembered her number. Because then your mom has her phone, and and she might not remember numbers either. But at least you know she's got the name of your a daughter and your friends in there, so she can get a hold of them. So, so your 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 daughter, your friends must have been overjoyed to finally hear from you because now you had been separated from I guess the last friend that was with you at some point before you got shoved into the tunnel, right? Correct. So, so what had happened to her? Uh, she ended up uh, getting back uh, up and meeting up with my daughter and my other two friends. Well, that's amazing that she found them in a crowd of however many thousands and thousands of people. But yeah. that's that's also something to be thankful for. Coming up, our guest today, Victoria White, tells us that her problems with the feds had not even begun yet. Also, a tribute to God's amazing grace, the evening of January 6, 2021. Now, recently, AT&T's satellite outfit, DirecTV, decided to drop Newsmax. They already dropped One American News last year. And AT&T subsequently lost billions of dollars on the stock market. Gee, I wonder if there's any connection. Now, if you have decided, okay, I've had enough of your liberal garbage, AT&T, I'm going to change my cell carrier. i got the perfect alternative for you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned 
to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage, and they use the same towers the big carriers use. And they give you a coverage guarantee. You're covered, if I may use the term of present company. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Why not just do what I did? Go to PatriotMobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. You know, the great Ronald Reagan once said, inflation is as violent as a mugger, as frightening as an armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. If you thought, have you thought about the benefits of investing in precious metals? Now, here are five profound benefits of investing in precious metals. Number one, it's a hedge against inflation. Number two, it's a great way to diversify your portfolio. Number three, asset liquidity. Number four, precious metals tend to be a store of value. That means they're an asset, commodity, or currency that maintain their value without depreciating over the long haul. Last but not least, number five, precious metals can be a hedge against geopolitical uncertainty and the struggling U.S. dollar. So we're honored to join forces with Beverly Hills Precious Metals and its owner, Andrew Sorcini. Andrew has been involved in gold and silver for over 40 years. Andrew Sorcini and his team of Beverly Hills Precious Metals know the gold and silver business inside and out. After many years in the markets and collecting precious metals privately, Andrew opened Beverly Hills Precious Metals in 2010 to bring precious metals to the homes of everyday American citizens. We found out about Andrew Sorcini and Beverly Hills Precious Metals from General Mike Flynn, and we're glad we did. As a matter of fact, Beverly Hills Precious Metals recently released the Mike Flynn Silver Coin, and it is selling like hotcakes. Andrew is a frequent guest on conservative podcasts. Beverly Hills Precious Metals is our gold buyer of choice. To learn more about Andrew and his team, Go to bh-pm.com. The BH stands for Beverly Hills. The PM stands for Precious Metals. bh-pm.com. Let them know Doc Washburn sent you. We're honored to be able to tell you about Beverly Hills Precious Metals and the effort to help you in your attempts to protect your family's finances, wealth, and investments. bh-pm.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Beverly Hills Precious Metals. It's the first thing that comes up. And tell them Doc Washburn sent you. Now, I've been talking for quite a while about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. 
We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic. While so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? What can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a big difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America was created. With regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. Now, a whole lot of patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Now, an even more exciting addition is fresh American-raised beef. Raised in the mountains of Montana near the Yellowstone, this beef is known as never ever. Never has the animal ever been exposed to antibiotics, hormones, or vaccines. This prime or high-choice beef is shipped directly to your door. Pricing and availability is exclusive only to our members and isn't shipped anywhere else in the world. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn. Plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. SwitchToAmerica.com. Our interview with January 6th peaceful protester Victoria White continues with her testimony about God's amazing grace on the very evening of January 6, 2021. So you get a hold of your, your daughter and your friends, and I'm sure they were happy to hear your voice. And so how long does it take them to, to come pick you up? Well, unfortunately, I didn't get to talk directly to them. Um, like, because, you know, I was borrowing, borrowing some guy's phone. So oh, right, right, right. Was out, 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 out back. He gave me the address to give to my mom, to give to them, uh, to the police station. So, yeah. um, and I couldn't wait out back. I had to go around front, then come to find out I can't go inside the police station to stay warm, to wait. Um, and I tried to lean up on the building, but it, officer spoke over the intercom and said, I need to go across the street. Oh, great. um, Yeah. Um, It it took 
probably, I, I don't know, it seemed like forever, but um, uh, maybe an hour, half hour at the least. Um, and then I notice a big dump truck. It comes and it blocks the, um, the, the street, like down at the corner so that no one can like come in or out. So I go back across the street and I hit the buzzer and praise God and God bless this officer. I'll always say that. Um, he was really nice. He's like, I can't come in, but he came outside and he used his own personal phone and he, um, he's like, tell me who you want me to message. He's like, he took a picture of me and he's like, I'll send it to your mom so she can send it to your friends. And he's like, you can, cause I told him I was cold. He's like, you can go down the street always and go to the train station. I think it's like union station or something. Yeah. Um, and he said, you can wait in there. It's warm. And, um, he's like, I'll, I'll send your friends that, or I'll send your mom the address so she can send it to your friends. And I'll, also send her the picture so your friends know what you look like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that is that is just a real miracle. That that is that is God putting that man in that place at the right time to uh uh to help you. We we have so much to be thankful for. Um Amen. so so your 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 daughter and and your friends uh, finally get down there after the if I understand correctly, the police officer says, "Hey, go wait in that train station. It's it's warm there, and when your daughter and friends get here, I'll 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 point them in your direction, right?" Yeah, yep. And um, when my friends finally come, I, I don't know how long it had been, uh, but I get in the vehicle, and immediately everyone in there starts like having like coughing and her eyes watering and, and nose running and they have to roll down the windows and I'm like, what's wrong? And they're like, you're, they're like, you, you don't re- you're not having any effect. Like, like you're not, they're like, it's a mace. You're drenched in mace. I mean, it was so bad. Um, I guess I was so bad mace that they were having the effects as if they'd been just mace. Oh my goodness. And yeah, and you're you're in shock this whole time, I'm sure. Um, so you're not even realizing this, and you're kind of surprised that it's having this effect uh, on them. Correct. Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, the weather here for um, for Washington D.C. January sixth, twenty twenty one, and uh, it's it's obviously it's after dark by now, right? Yeah, and it was cold, super, super cold. Yeah, it's like it says it's in the in the 30s, and if you've got any wind going at all, then the wind chill is going to be colder, and oh, my goodness. Yeah, thank God for that officer who said, hey, there's a train station. It's warm. Wait in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. So, so um, did you did you guys go back home to Minnesota the next day? Um, the next day, yes, we drove back and headed back toward Minnesota. Now, if I if I understand correctly, not too long after that, an FBI agent leaves his uh, his business card in the in the door at your mother's house where you and your daughters were living. Correct, uh, female officer. Yep, she did just that. Just that she didn't knock or anything, and the dogs went crazy and scared my daughters. 
there had because there had been a snowstorm that day, and um, so I was stuck up in the cities. Oh, so you're not even there, and she just leaves a business card. So did did, yeah. did you call the the number on the card? I I did. Um, yeah. So what what did you t- tell the the FBI agent? Um, well, I knew to be careful um, because uh, I forgot sh- the sheriff's name out of Wisconsin. I think Sheriff Clark, uh, uh, you know, warned people like to not just talk to the FBI because they'll try to try to twist your words. Um, oh yeah, Sheriff David Clark, Milwaukee. Uh, he used mm-hmm. to be the sheriff there. Uh, uh, black gentleman with the uh, with a cowboy hat. Yeah, a really good idea not to talk to FBI agents unless you have a lawyer there. Correct. Um, so I just, uh, but it scared me that my daughters were freaking out. So I just called and um, she, it was a female officer. She just kept trying to t- ask me to come into their local office here in Rochester and um, meet with her and sit down and talk with her. I'm like, um uh, what do you want to talk about? And she's like, oh, nothing. We just want to talk. Um, so it just seemed weird that she would want me to come in and talk to me about nothing and yet not tell me what it is over the phone. And I'm like, um, I, I didn't do as it said. Um, I, I didn't do anything, uh, you know, on J- January 6th. I actually, because I had found a video on the way back to Minnesota on my daughter's phone that showed me stopping the two men from breaking the Capitol window. I said, I actually stopped two men from breaking the Capitol window. She goes, oh, yeah, I know. I saw the video on your Facebook because uh, uh, I had posted on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, and then uh, and she's like, kept trying to ask me to to. She's like, you're not in trouble. She just kept trying to ask me to come in. And I'm like, no, um, if there's anything you, you want to ask me, just ask me now. So she's like, if I knew anyone that was going to uh, do anything to try to stop President Biden from becoming president, I'm like, no, I don't know anyone like that. And I said, I wouldn't even hang out with people like that. I said, again, I tried to stop the two guys from breaking the Capitol window. And I said, if in the future, if um, you, you, you know, could you just please, since now you have my cell phone number, uh, just call me instead of coming over to my house and scaring my daughters. And so months go by and uh, my friends are like, oh, everything's going to be okay. But I have this horrible gut feeling like, nope, like they're going to come and arrest me. And then sure enough, in April of 2021 and at the crack of dawn, um, before the, uh, I hear it that you can't ever forget that knock when that you hear that knock. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was police and the FBI and I happened to look out the window and nothing but cop cars everywhere. They had like not only surrounded my house, but like the block and I was scared and my daughters were woke up and they were scared and everyone's freaking out. And they said they had a warrant there to arrest me. And, um, they had even went and got my mom from work, uh, uh and, you know, said, oh, we have your mom so, you know, she can watch the kids while we take you off to jail. (laughs) So they took me up to the cities, um, um, to the marshals and booked me. And then I had a court hearing, a virtual one that same day. And 
then I was released on my own recognizance. So I had, when I was released and I had to get a ride back down to Rochester and my friends came and got me and um, brought me back home. And I was placed on pretrial probation, which I didn't even know there was such a thing um, because I hadn't, you know, got been convicted of a crime. They took my DNA and I had asked them, like, before they took it, they wanted me to swab my mouth. I'm like, um, I haven't been found guilty of a crime. And I'm like, what happens to this? It, you know, if I swab myself, like, what happens to my DNA if I'm found not guilty? And they couldn't answer me. And then they came back and they're like, oh. We'll destroy it. I'm like, no, no, they won't. So the, the the same FBI that's telling you, oh no, you're not in trouble, was like, oh yeah, well we'll destroy it, and you're supposed to trust them, you're supposed to believe them. I mean, see, it's you know we we can be uh, criminally prosecuted for quote lying to the FBI unquote. I mean that's that's what they they went after uh, General Michael Flynn for, even though the two FBI agents you know, put in their official paperwork that he didn't lie. So we can be prosecuted for lying to the FBI. Um, but, you know, they got carte blanche to, to lie to us. You know, they, they, they can do that, not a problem. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate. Look, I understand, like, your local police department. If they're trying to solve a drug-related murder and they've got one gang member uh, being interrogated in one room, they got another one in another room, and it is, it behooves them to tell the one guy, well, you know, so-and-so uh, ratted on you. So if you want to tell us what happened, fine. But if not, uh, you know, he's going to get a deal and you're not. I, I get all that, but that's local police trying to solve murders. That's not uh, FBI agents just trying to persecute people because uh, of their political preferences. And, and clearly that's what was going on here. Correct. That's that's very troubling. So, so they, so the FBI and 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 I guess the the local police take you down to the the police station. They get a, a DNA sample. They uh, they I guess read you your your rights, your Miranda warning. Finally, uh, they book you and and then they let you out on bail. Um, they actually drove me like an hour up to the Twin Cities to the marshals. They didn't take me to the local police station after the uh, my local police officers put me in handcuffs and said I was under arrest but no one read me my rights and then then he handed me off to the FBI agent right beside him and then three FBI agents uh drove drove me all the way up to the cities and then they they tried to trick me and um they said that they're not going to read me my rights on the way up there and that I could just talk to them uh, uh, as friends or whatever, just talk to them. Oh, good and grief. I, I remembered. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Remem- Go That's ahead. okay. I, I remembered what Sheriff Clark had said and, and um, you can talk to them about anything and they'll try to use, even if you talk to them about cooking or anything and they'll try to twist that and use it against you. So I just looked out the window while they kept trying to ask me questions and then when we make it to the cities, I um, the lady in the front, she turns around and hands me a piece of paper and says, oh, this is just to say that, because uh, then they, they still didn't read me my rights just yet. This is just to say we didn't read you your rights yet and that you um, 
didn't want to talk to us about anything. But I actually read the paper this time, and it said the opposite of what she said. It said that I uh, was going to speak to them um, without them giving me my rights. Um, not that I uh, I didn't um, decline to speak with them, but that I was going to speak with them even though they did not read me my rights. And when I pointed that out to her, then she's like, oh, wrong paper, I guess. And then she, then she's like, oh, now I'll read you your rights. Good grief. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I hope that uh, people will forgive us for not having a very uh, high view of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You know, we, we keep on hearing. People keep on saying, I even see this on Fox News sometimes. Well, you know, I got a problem with the seventh floor of the FBI building. In other words, got a real problem with the director and the assistant directors and, you know, the the higher-ups. But in the same breath, they say, but, you know, 99% of the hardworking men and women of the FBI, the local field offices, they're embarrassed by the leadership, and they're just going out and doing their job every day. I'm like, no, wait a minute. It's these local agents from these local field offices that are banging on people's doors before dawn and and doing the will of the directors in Washington, D.C. So, you know. Correct. If I may interject. Please, um, yes. Um, and, and I was one of the lucky ones because so many men and women who have been arrested and charged for trumped up January 6th uh, charges, um, they have pointed guns with those red lasers at their children. They have driven tanks on their front lawns. They have broken down their doors. They have ransacked their homes uh, just to get things like a Lego set of the Capitol that was in a box and not even put together and traumatized not only the individuals that they're charging, but their spouses and most uh, horribly their children. And even the children have been put in cuffs or forced to go outside on the front lawn in, in their pajamas when it's cold and either be handcuffed as little kids or just, just plain old traumatized. Oh yeah. And that's from the local FBI at the lower level, not the seventh floor, like you were, like you just were were saying. So, to, for everyone listening, to get a, a clearer picture of just how bad it really is. Yeah, it's um, it's horrible, and I think most Americans have no idea. Have have yes, no idea. Unfortunately. So, um, has anybody from uh, Fox News? Anybody from uh, Tucker Carlson's? show or any any of the other shows um contacted you no and actually i've i have a friend who um the one who went with me to to january 6th um larvita my a good friend um she actually knows pete hegseth and because she was the first and one of only three uh, businesses that didn't comply with communist governor tim waltz of minnesota and shut her her small business down or her restaurant. And so the weight of the government came against her. So she was on Fox news. And so she said, we need to get your story to them, but they have turned a blind eye uh, time and time again. And Tucker's people just never respond back. 
Wow. Well, you know, I'm sure they get a lot, a lot of correspondence. However, comma, uh, I know Tucker has had Julie Kelly on before, and I, I don't know if your specific case has come up, but I know that he is a big fan of her work. Um, so, you know, we're just hoping against hope that, uh, you know, some of the footage like that of what the police did to you in that tunnel will come on uh, tonight on Tucker's uh, part two because, you know, um, it's obviously he Jimmy said. Jimmy Kelly doesn't like me. And and jo- Joseph McBride doesn't like me. And uh, I fired Joseph McBride, and because of that, he called every news person he could and red flagged me and said, don't talk to her. Oh, my Just goodness. to put it out there because this is the truth. This is what's going on. I, I'm, I'm sorry. And, I, I had no idea. I've I've interviewed both of them, but you know, other than that, I don't know them from from Adam. So what? So what's? I mean, you're the victim of a violent assault. So so what happened with? I mean, since you brought it up, what what happened with with Joseph McBride? So the thing is, is there's this group called Patriot Freedom Project. Okay. And Cynthia Hughes, who raises money, quote unquote, supposedly for J Sixers. Let me just say, long story short, it's not going to them, and. She was even brought on at a Trump rally, and there are so many J6ers and so many people who know about this but aren't talking about it because they don't want to uh, ca- cause any division and for any positive support that we do have for people to turn away from us. And and I spoke out um, back uh, in, like, November and, and and so forth, and so that's why... You know, if you wonder why don't people hear about my story and other people like me, because if you don't go along, you don't go along to get along. Yeah, you're you're not going to be on. You'll be blacklisted, red flagged, or whatever you want to call it. Oh my goodness! And yeah, well, I had heard. Take, I'm sorry. Go advantage. ahead. Sorry, I'm there's s- a lot of people taking advantage of a already horrible situation that J Sixers are in. Absolutely, I had heard months ago. And I don't remember if it was you or somebody else, but months ago, somebody was saying, hey, um, this Patriot Freedom Project uh, that says they're raising money for the January Sixers is refusing to help us. And it might have been you, might have been somebody else. And so at that point, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And so I did what little I can do with my 19,000 followers on Twitter, and sometimes I feel like I'm still shadow banned, but... I retweeted all of that. I stopped following Patriot Freedom Project, but uh, you know it, it's hard to keep track of the the players if you don't have a scorecard. So I didn't know who was still supporting them or who wasn't supporting them. But um, so when you spoke out against them, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that your your attorney and and Julie Kelly both were upset with you. Correct. Wow. Well, I'm I'm sorry to to the, to the point. Julie Kelly personally messaged me, and in so many words, threatened me. I mean, I screenshot all this stuff. I mean, I have all the receipts. Oh my goodness! Um, is that a uh, is so? She sent you a, a DM on Twitter. Uh, no, she sent me a text text message to my phone. Oh my goodness! So, have you publicized that on Twitter? I did, but uh, it just started to get, like, go nowhere, and then 
all, all at the time, certain J6ers were attacking me, and then it just it was getting closer to a court date for me. And then I'm just like, trial's going to be coming. And it it just, it tears you down. It wears you out on top of the fact that like, I'm, you know, um, but, and I know I'm supposed to be united uh, with the other J6ers, but, uh, and you know, so yeah, it, I don't know. Well, you know, I I love all the J6ers. Of course. But, but, being yeah. united with the other J6ers is one thing. Uh, pretending that uh, a 501c3, if I understand correctly, that's uh, supposedly raising money for them is not helping them. Correct. If I understand, you know, if I hear what you're saying correctly, that's another right. thing. Correct. You know, and as right. far as I'm concerned, you've been attacked enough. You know, and I, you know, I don't know the. Um, the, the Patriot uh, Freedom Project or whoever's in charge of it from Adam, but I did take it seriously, you know, when you. you or somebody said, hey, wait a minute, um, this person is not actually helping us that's raising all this money for us. Um, right. And, you know, I, I did what little bit I could to, to get the word out about that. But what, what is her name? Uh, Cynthia Hughes? Yep, correct. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I'm I'm disappointed um, because I, I've interviewed Julie Kelly. I've interviewed uh, Joseph, Joseph McBride. I, I'm disappointed that uh, there has been that that um, I don't know. I guess falling out between you and them. So, who is who is your attorney at this point? Well, I had a public defender, um, but I just tried tried to fire her because um, three, at first it was just two, but just recently the third body camera that's exculpatory evidence has been given to me by a reporter, um, and she just is, like, nonchalant about it. And, and like, oh, the first two she was like, oh, that, that the... Um, uh, that oh the prosecution said that they missed those two and then um, when I had court in in DC and before my court date she's and I'm, because I keep asking to see my discovery she sits in the cafeteria and tries to show me like already publicly available but then that that the FBI pulled down and put it in my discovery is highly classified video and she wants to go through these videos with me and start talking to me about my case as though we're going to go over stuff in the public lunchroom and with other people around. And I'm like, I thought something didn't seem right. And then it wasn't until just recently that, um, think, thankfully that there's a good, like the J six people themselves have come full circle, circle and supportive of each other, despite the, the Cynthia Hughes problem. And, and we're, and so we have like uh, uh, what do you, um, Twitter live spaces, and so I had brought that up, and and then come to find out that's not legal. That that is a violation of like the uh, attorney client uh, and some oath that an attorney takes or something. I forgot I had looked it up. Uh, um, and and I'm just like. Uh, I just and then the third video came to me, and I'm I'm just like. Uh, and seeing myself get beat from a different angle uh, was uh, too much, and so I just tried to fire her. 
But then she, uh, when the Zoom on Friday wasn't working, my court hearing, and then my friends were listening, and and sure enough, my quote unquote public a, a, a attorney is telling the judge that oh, you can put a bench warrant out for her. But praise God that the um, clerk for the judge had called my phone and was able to, and I talked to him, and he gave me a number that I could call into my court date. So your own public defender was trying to get the judge to put a bench warrant out for you. And yep, correct. And not just that. So then, um, also too, she must've told him. So like the day before she's like, Oh, they want to have court tomorrow, um, at one. And she said, uh, will that work? And then and she's like, or a different date. And then I was like, well, uh, no, not tomorrow. I said, can we, can we do on March 24th because she had previously said, well, if you're going to fire me, then, um, you want to have a new attorney before, before you come and see that judge again, you, you better hurry up and get an attorney because then it will look good and he won't be mad at you. So I figure by the March 24th, I should be able to hopefully find a new attorney and then the judge, it'll look better and he won't be mad at me. But she had told the judge or made it seem as though I told them that, uh, no, I'm not going to have court, you know, the following day and that my next schedule is the 24th. And so the judge rings me until I'm able to speak to him. Then I'm like, uh, no, she had suggested that I come before you with a new attorney. So I was giving myself um, some time. And I, again, I can show you the text messages to prove it, that I'm not trying to, I don't want to put myself in jail. Why would I do that? Right. Of course. <sighs> Of course. So, so do you know when your next court hearing is? Uh, so the judge gave me until March 22nd to f find a new attorney, and I'm in talks with an attorney. Um, so hopefully stuff will get worked out, and uh, I'll be able to have an attorney. But the judge did not allow my public defender to... Uh, to leave my case. He said, nope, wait until the 22nd, and then he'll decide. So the elephant in the living room here, and, mm. and there's probably more than one, is the fact that it's outrageous that law enforcement beats you severely, and then a few months later, the FBI is like, oh, well, uh, why don't we arrest her and charge her with some stuff? I mean, this this is outrageous to me. Um. Mm. Do, do you have a legal defense fund if, if some of my listeners want to send you a few bucks to, to help you out? Is there somewhere online they can go? Well, see, this is where I have the issue is because of all the stuff that happened before. Yeah. I'm, I, I had to have a, a, a Gibson go, but for Joseph McBride and even the attorney before him, ugh, um, but I feel like after the, the Patriot Freedom Project thing, I don't want to be asking people for any money because of the fact that uh, that I don't know if, like, the attorney I'm going to get is just going to milk me for for money. Um, it, it, that money is not even mine. It's coming from the American people. And I really have a big problem even asking for money, let alone uh, to, to, to be used and to be taken advantage of to milk a... Uh, 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 patriots for their money. I don't like it. And so unfortunately I just don't give out my gives and go because I'm just not 
comfortable taking that chance, you know, and I just, I, I don't understand why there's no pro bono attorneys. If, you know, this is a First Amendment issue. The fact that people were just, pro, you know, publicly out there just parading, pro, uh, what do you call it, uh, um, protesting, that's a First Amendment. Free speech and the right to address our government for or, uh, uh, grievances. Yeah, uh, um, re- uh, sorry, yeah uh, no, that's okay. That's it's First Amendment, you know, you, the right to peace, right. peacefully uh, redress your grievances with, with the government. There's no question about that. Right. And I understand that, you know, it costs money, but a, a lot of these attorneys that are, are the ones who are actually willing, they're the reason that they're willing. And they're going to charge big bucks, and they're already uh, highly paid and whatever. And, and I understand that there's people that, you know, understand it costs money for stuff, but uh, something just ain't right. And, and and I don't understand why there's no no pro bono um, attorneys. Um I'm sorry, I, I I digress. I was kind of rambling. No, no, not at all. No, no, no. I I thought I thought that public defenders were pro bono. I mean, you know. Yeah, they are. Yeah, out of D.C. <laughs> this is that's like uh, just the jury pool in D.C. Um, your 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 chance of of landing on a, a attorney that's actually just going to do their job, regardless of their political views, is slim to none. And then even the one that I had, who's supposed to be conservative. Uh, I don't, I don't understand it. And there's no fight for, for me to even see my discovery. That's, that's insane. So I I do want to mention to uh, my listeners, because you said it kind of quickly. um, A lot of people have not, have not heard of the website, give, send, go, it is the conservative alternative to GoFundMe. A lot of people found out uh, the hard way when they're trying to raise money for uh, a Christian, a conservative, whatever, on GoFundMe. All of a sudden, GoFundMe just cuts them off. And so uh, a lot of us are very wary of getting anywhere near GoFundMe. So we tend to use Give, Send, Go uh, as a safer alternative to go fund me. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, um, if you, um, if you don't really have a peace in your heart for, for giving out the address to your, your give, send, go, I, I certainly understand what you're saying. You know, I just mm-hmm. thought after hearing this harrowing tale that I should at least mm-hmm. ask you, you know, if there was some Thank option. You. God bless you. Thank yeah. You. Well, well, God there, bless there's you so too. Many people that need help there. There's so many J sixers that, that need help. I, I've, um, especially the the political prisoners that are still stuck in there, um, uh, it, it doesn't. It's just horrible, and I I don't even I don't know what to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that the majority of the January six people being prosecuted who have not been to trial yet are not in jail, but there is a distinct minority some of whom have been in jail without bail being offered for over two years now and have been treated horribly. There were only about five or six Republicans in Congress who have said anything about them. And it's, you know, it's it's heartbreaking and it's very frustrating and it's very upsetting. And, um, you know, as a Christian myself, I know that, 
Scripture tells us to speak up for those who are unable to speak for themselves, and that's one of the reasons I'm thankful for this platform. Um, and, you know, unlike a talk radio show, you don't have to stop and play five minutes of commercials every 10 or 15 minutes, but you can kind of get into these issues and hope that people discover the podcast and, and listen to what you have to say. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, there was a Lutheran pastor, Martin Niemöller, uh, in Germany, who said after World War II, something along the lines of, uh, first they came for the Jews. I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Jew. They came for the uh, uh, the members of the labor union. I didn't say anything because I wasn't a, a you know, trade unionist. They came for the communists even. I didn't say anything because I wasn't a communist. By the time they uh, came for me, well, there's nobody left to speak up for me. Um, and, and the idea being, if they can do this to a person, who simply drove from Rochester, Minnesota, to Washington, D.C., to see the president give a speech and then wandered over to the, the Capitol building and all of a sudden is the victim of horrendous violence, uh, a horrendous use of force under the color of law because these people were wearing uniforms and had badges. If they can do that to you, why can't they, you know, and, and then show up uh, uh, about, you know, to beat your door down at, at dawn to take you away on some ridiculous trumped up charges? Why wouldn't they do that eventually to the rest of us? And these are the kinds of things that most people don't think about because most people don't are not even aware of what really happened on January 6th. And and I really appreciate you coming on the program today. And this is, I'm sure, very traumatic, not only reliving this, but having to to talk about other people who should be shoulder to shoulder with you who, for whatever reason, have have decided you're persona non grata. Um, Is there anything else that you want to share with my listeners before we kind of wind things up? Um, I just want to ask for everyone's prayers. I think prayer is the most important thing. It's the most vital thing, first and foremost. Um, it's God has um, a plan in all of this, and um, it's because of Christ that I'm even able to um, come on here and talk and, and that I've made it this far. And um, I just ask, please, that you pray for Uh, not just me, but the political prisoners or the family of the, those who were murdered um, and for the truth to come out and, and for the families of all J sixers and for all January six defendants. um, uh, Because regardless if, if they've taken a plea or not, um, because the weight of the government, the full weight of the government is against these us um, yes. and our families. It's They're still going through horrible trauma and uh, daily um, struggles and issues and attacks. Um, and uh, we just, we really need prayer and for um, all of that footage to be publicly released, unedited, just, to the public and um, 
I think that will be the beginning of, of the truth being shed about that day. And, and I just thank you all for tuning in and, and um, thank you, Mr. Dr. Washburn, uh, for allowing me to uh, speak. Yes, ma'am. And, and I think one of the things that, before we let you go here, one of the things that people, I think, who have been critical of Speaker McCarthy uh, just giving Tucker Carlson access to the video, one of the things they may not have considered is the possibility, I don't know if this is going to happen, but it could, the possibility that after Tucker finishes his series on the January 6th videos, then at that point uh, maybe they will just go ahead and and pretty much release everything. I I don't know. But if that's the way it plays out, then giving Tucker the jump on it might have been kind of a good idea. I mean, you know, if you're going to pick somebody – to take a look at it for a few weeks and then put together a a um, a report on it. You, you don't want it to be Rachel Maddow over on MSNBC. You know, you don't want it to be Anderson Cooper on CNN. If you're going to let anybody look at it first before everybody else sees it, um, you know, it would be Tucker, I guess. But I am hearing, I, I've, I've seen this online a lot, that Speaker McCarthy has said um, all January 6th, Attorneys need to do is contact my office, and we'll give you access to whatever you need access to. Had you heard about that? Because I forgot to ask you about that. I had asked my attorney back before I had fired her. Like again, another thing. She said no. There's she is there. That's not official. They never said that to her. So she said she would ask, but no, nothing. So but I don't know. but again, that same attorney is trying to have what should be a confidential conversation, attorney-client privilege with you in in a crowded uh, cafeteria with with people milling around. So, uh, you know, anything she says has got to be suspect at this point. Right. Wow. Uh, Victoria White, um, this has been a remarkable interview, unlike any that I've ever done. I've been doing this for a while on those spring chicken. we really appreciate you coming on today, and we will continue praying for you. And I will be, I will continue to to kind of try to pay attention to what you're saying on on Twitter. And I would uh, recommend that everyone else, within the sound of my voice, do the same. And um, God bless you, and um, we appreciate you so much. Oh my goodness, stupid me! I forgot to ask you what they actually charged you with? Um, four different charges, uh, one felony and three misdemeanors. I know the felony is like 18 USC 231 something. And then they wanted to put a three-point enhancement on top of that felony, uh, saying that I was I was violent to the police. My goodness. It's not even true at all. It, video shows the opposite. So the so the the felony charge is that like obstructing uh, a government uh, uh, or something like that? Uh, I know it has something to do with the stopping of commerce because Safeway had to shut down, is what I'm understanding, and something like that. I don't know all because it's like two thirty one 
A, B, or something. There's like two parts to it. So, yeah. Let's see. 18 U.S. Code 231, uh, uh-huh. Civil Disorders. And it's it's too long to, to read right now. But uh, regardless, I mean, the, the point is the, the whole thing is ridiculous. It's a sham. And it's one more way that this government is trying to persecute people for their political beliefs. And if I might add, I find it outrageous that 18 Republican United States senators not too long ago voted with all the Democrats in the Senate on a $1.7 trillion spending bill, including hundreds of millions of new money for Biden's Justice Department and FBI, rewarding them for what they're doing uh, to people like you. So that's outrageous. Anyway, I was having such a, a great send-off for you there, and then I remembered, oh, you knucklehead, you forgot to ask her about the charges. So, um, again, Ms. Victoria White, God bless you, and we appreciate so much you. you being willing to uh, uh, take a lot of time with us today on, on the Doc Washburn Show, and uh, and we will be praying for you and, uh, and, and, and Godspeed, and we hope to uh, speak with you again at some point down the road. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you. So I uh, really never have conducted an interview like that before. Wow. All right. It's that time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com. Red River Auto, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental, anywhere in the continental USA. Today's tweet of the day, Jeff Carlson, who goes by the market's work over on Twitter and writes a lot at theepictimes.com. Here's what his tweet says. Democrats tried to overturn the Trump presidency, promoted the fictitious Steele dossier, weaponized the intelligence community, created the Russia collusion hoax, lied about the lab leak, altered the 2020 election with mass ballots and unconstitutional changes, to state voting laws, lied about January 6th. They lied about it all. Thank you, Jeff Carlson, for tweeting out today's tweet of the day. Thank you to Mitch Ward and everybody at Red River Auto for sponsoring the tweet of the day. You've been listening to episode 357 of the all new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show, do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. If you have any questions for us, email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, 
simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempierre X, Senior Vice President, Engineering, IT, and Interoperability for the Doc Washburn Show. And that's the way it is. Tuesday, March 7th, 2023.